Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. <sighs> the second annual Brightline Eating Family Reunion is over. It was amazing. Yeah, like really amazing. And uh, I wanted to talk with you about a topic that I brought up there in one of the workshops. It has to do with flexible versus brittle frameworks. Uh, it's a subject that you might have never thought of. I I might have made it up, I don't even know where I got the idea or whatever. I've been thinking in these terms for some time now, but my thinking keeps getting fleshed out because I personally keep falling prey to um, setting goals and working within brittle frameworks and it keeps not working. And I lately have been thinking about something I'm doing right or a way that life isn't as hard as it maybe could be for me, and I realized it's because I have a flexible framework in place. So let me define these terms here. What You're probably thinking, what is she talking about? Flexible versus brittle, what does that even mean? Well, I'm from San Francisco, California, and the notion of a flexible versus a brittle structure uh, was made really clear to me when I was a kid when I was learning about the history of San Francisco, and we learned about the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco, and it just pretty much demolished the city, like the city was just decimated. Um, and some of that had to do with the fact that there were structures made out of brick. And if you go to San Francisco today, now I know that most of the city actually burned by fire after the earthquake, but okay, still the illustration is apropos, so work with me here. If you go to San Francisco today, you do not see buildings made out of brick. There are no houses made out of brick. You go to Baltimore, there are houses made out of brick. San Francisco, no houses made out of brick. Why? Because brick is a brittle framework. If there's an earthquake, the bricks just crumble, like the house just turns to rubble. In San Francisco, they build houses out of wood because wood is flexible. It sways with the earthquake, okay? so. That's how I want you to think about a brittle versus a flexible framework. If, if some kind of earthquake or a hard time or a calamity or catastrophe hits, a flexible structure will stay standing and keep you strong. A brittle structure will crumble. So as we think about goals and uh, ways that we might want to change our behavior. We might want to start meditating. We might want to exercise regularly. We might want to eat the bright line eating way. I want to look at those types of ambitions or habits or goals or whatever in terms of the idea of flexible versus brittle frameworks. Now in 2015, I set uh, New Year's resolutions um, and they were to exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday all year long without fail, unless I was sick, but to exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday, to meditate every day and to put out a vlog every week. Um, I succeeded with the vlog every single week. And I created this, I, well, I didn't create, I, I bought a wall calendar from like Staples or whatever and I put it up on the wall and every time I meditated, I put an X on it. Every time I exercised, I, I outlined that X in a certain color. And every time I did a vlog, I put another mark on there. So you could see the calendar was like filling up with my perfection. It was awesome. And then I got to the Food Freedom Bootcamp launch in September. And that was the equivalent of an earthquake <laughs> in my world. Um, I, it was so intense. 
in September of 2015 in my world that I had to move into a hotel, an extended stay hotel right here in town because I didn't have an hour in the morning and two hours in the evening to be with my kids. Like I literally was working around the clock, sleeping about an hour a day. Um, technology was falling apart. We 2,000 people signed up for the boot camp in just a, you know, like a week. We'd never served that many people before I had a staff of six. And almost every uh, registration process broke during registration week. There was, you know, a support, a support inbox with 1,200 tickets of people saying, hey, I bought this boot camp. I haven't gotten a, anything from you. Is this a scam? And it was a nightmare. So um, I stopped. I didn't meditate and I certainly didn't exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so September got thrown off and my wall calendar of perfection stopped there. Like literally, I, I meditated every single day without missing a single day until mid-September of 2015. And then I'm sure I meditated some toward the rest of the year, like probably a lot. I'm a pretty steady meditator, but I didn't mark it on the calendar because it wasn't perfect. Monday, Wednesday, Friday exercise, I'm pretty sure I stopped exercising altogether for the rest of the year because um, my it was blown. My perfection was blown. And uh, the only thing I kept doing was recording the vlogs. I was beholden to you. So that kept going. So I'd set myself a brittle structure. And what I want to express is the difference, and I've been thinking about this deeply lately, the difference fundamentally between a flexible goal or ambition and a brittle goal or ambition is what happens when you fall off track. Does the goal or the way you've articulated what you're striving for inherently serve to get you back on track, to incentivize you to get back on track if you break it or fail or mess up a little bit? Or does it disincentivize you to get back on track? That's the key difference. A, a New Year's resolution to exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday without fail disincentivizes you to get back on track. It, I was disincentivized because it was ruined. Like I hadn't stuck to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like I'd blown it. And that's it. The perfectionist in me then wants to like spend some time not exercising till I'm fed up with not exercising and then set a new goal starting on January 1st or, you know, the first day of the month or Monday morning or whatever and get back to exercising with some kind of goal in mind there. But do you see how the goal to exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday without fail is a brittle structure that once you've broken it, you're, you're not incentivized to get back on track. You're actually disincentivized. Like it's, it's already ruined. Um, same with I'll meditate every morning. Like once you've missed one day, that whole goal is ruined. Now, here's the thing about exercise and meditation. There is no research showing that perfection with exercise or meditation matters at all. As a matter of fact, the research shows the opposite like 90 to 95% adherence to an exercise regimen or to a meditation practice is, is as good as 100% adherence. There's no benefit to being perfect with those things. There's benefit to being consistent. 90 to 95% is pretty consistent because then you get habits and automaticity. That's awesome. But there's no benefit to being perfect. So why even strive for it? So let me describe what a flexible structure would look like in both of those instances. If I had instead vowed and set my New Year's resolution to meditate 95% of the mornings 
in 2015 by the end of the year. When that stretch of, you know, a week or two came where I wasn't meditating, I would have been okay. I would have had already like cash in the bank essentially. And I would have been incentivized to get back on track as quickly as possible. Do you see that? Because I would have been like, well, I, my goal was to meditate 95% of the mornings in 365 days. How many mornings does that mean I can miss? Okay. I'm trying to do math on the fly in a vlog. That's a bad idea. Let's say 17, or I guess it would be 18. You could miss 18 mornings. And if I'd been perfect up till September, like I was pretty much scot-free. All I had to do was get back on track as quickly as possible. And I would meet my goal, right? Do you see that? I would be incentivized to get back on track if I'd expressed my goal as I will meditate 95% of the mornings in 2015. Similarly with exercise, instead of saying I'm going to exercise Monday, Wednesday, Friday without fail, how about saying I will exercise 40% of the mornings? And then if I'd been exercising Monday, Wednesday, Friday without fail, that's 42 or 43% or something of the mornings, right? So I would have been like ahead of the game. And all I would have had to do was like exercise a little bit more in October. I would have been incentivized to exercise more in October, not less. Do you see it? Do you see how, how brilliant it is to use a flexible structure when you're articulating your goals? Okay. So the savvy vlog watcher is thinking bright lines aren't flexible. <laughs> bright lines are brittle. They are the opposite of flexible. And I will say that is true. That is true. You are savvy. So how do I justify um, advocating for bright lines when it comes to your food? That's, that's the eating disorder therapist's problem with bright lines is that they're basically, they incentivize binging if you fall off track, basically, because um, quick, get it all in before I go back to those rigid bright lines, right? So here's the problem with taking issue with, with bright line eating in that way. Um, addiction is actually the one place where you might still be better off with an absolute bright line, you know? So even though, um, it's a brittle framework, most of us have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to heroin. Like, it's just not something we're going to do because we don't want to play with the addiction factor in there, right? Not to mention the illegality and all the, the inconvenience of trying to find heroin these days. But anyway, for all kinds of reasons, but mainly because we know we're playing with fire when we pick up heroin, right? And we feel safer with a zero tolerance policy. Do you see how with addiction in the mix, a bright line still is probably the best way to go? Now, that said, I do think that there are ways to factor in some flexibility in bright line eating. So here's what I've noticed. When I started bright line eating, I was on a streak of perfect eating, had been... Now, I mean, Brightline Eating, like the movement, the company, like when I decided to write the book, this was in 2014 when I started the email list and all that. I hadn't broken my Brightlines in a long time. Um, when things got more intense in Brightline Eating and I'd left my 12-step program for food addiction that very much incentivized perfection with not eating sugar, not eating flour, all that stuff, um, I found my food getting slippery a little bit. But I didn't get fat again. And in the past, whenever I tried to not eat the Bright Line Eating Way, either because, and tried is a weird word, um, I think there'd been like three or four times prior to 2015 
that I had been, you know, trying to eat this way, but had fallen off the wagon. One was I decided to just not do it anymore and see how that would go for me. It didn't go well. Um, another time was um, I just started binging because I was, my thyroid was way out of whack and I was stressed and whatever. Um, like that time I went from a size four to a size 24 in three months. That was back in 2003. A size four to a size 24 in three months. Like that was some pretty wicked eating. And I've noticed that since my food's been a little more wonky than usual, and what I mean by wonky is like maybe 5% of the days I eat outside of my Brightline eating food plan, usually not sugar and flour, lately not ever sugar and flour, but um, still eating outside my Brightline eating food plan, either eating more quantities or whatever. About 5% of the days I do that. Um, and I'm not gaining weight. And the interesting thing is that because I show up on vlogs for you and because I'm the sort of reluctant um, <laughs> hero, the leader, the whatever, the figurehead of Brightline Eating, and I personally, my subjective experience doing this is like feeling called sort of on a mission. I don't mean in the religious sense, but like, like I feel like the universe wants me to be doing this. I feel like there's people to be served, there's people to be helped, this message needs to get out, and I'm qualified to do it, and I this is my calling in life, is to do this. And I'm acutely aware that if I get fat, I won't be a good messenger for Bright Line Eating, right? And so not gaining weight is sort of a bright line for me. Like, I can't gain weight, I can't get fat. Like, I just can't because I won't be a useful servant anymore. I won't be a useful messenger of Brightline Eating if I get fat, like I can't get fat. So um, what's interesting is that that mental boundary, like that's an absolute in my head. And I'm just realizing this now, like I've just been thinking about this just in the last couple of weeks. That boundary in my head, in my soul, like it's strong. Like I can't get fat, not happening. I'm not gonna let that happen because if I gain a bunch of weight, I lose my usefulness to you. Um, that boundary is what has turned my Brightline Eating program into a flexible structure. Because when I eat off my food plan, I am incentivized right away to get back on track. Because when I eat off my food plan, I gain weight, like in a hot second, like two, three, four pounds, boom, you know, like overnight. But I can't gain weight, so I get right back on track. Isn't that interesting? Now, that won't work for you, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but there are other ways to create some, like a flexible structure. So for example, let's say you're someone right now who's trying to do bright line eating and not doing so well. Like your bright lines are awful and you're binging on sugar and flour. Like a flexible structure would be like a goal or a rule, like I never eat off my plan two days in a row. Like if I've eaten off plan today, tomorrow I have to stick to my food plan. That would be an example of a, of a rule that would be flexible. It would incentivize you to get back on track. Let's imagine that you're someone who does bright line eating and is uh, sticking with their bright lines pretty well, but you still struggle with um, quantities in restaurants, okay? Um, this is, this is my state of affairs and lots of other people have this situation where, you know, restaurant is hard, restaurants are harder. You could have a rule of thumb that says, I never eat excess quantities in restaurants more than three times in a month. And you could track it. You could track it. So that meant if you'd used up your quota of three, you would have to either not eat out or bring your scale to a restaurant 
or buckle down and eyeball honestly. Like, end of story. That's your goal. And you could find various ways to stay committed to that goal. You could use a commitment contract on stick.com or you could commit it to a friend or a buddy or to your Bright Line Eating Support Facebook group or whatever, right? So you could find ways to stay accountable to that kind of flexible goal. Do you see how um, I never do it more than three times in a month means anytime you eat excess quantities in a restaurant, you are incentivized to not do it again the next day. So flexible and brittle frameworks. So, so, so helpful. Um, I'm going to be, I'm an ambitious girl, so I'm going to be thinking more and more about the way that I live my life and make sure that when I start off on a new endeavor, I'm going to run it through that test of like, wait a second, have I set up this structure so that it's flexible or brittle? And how could I build flexibility into it? For most things, other than food, if you're a food addict or alcohol, if you're an alcoholic or drugs, if you're an addict, drugs, if you're most people, um, for most things, a 90 to 95% criterion is going to be fine. That's going to get you 100% of the way there. Um, but when you're dealing with bright lines, you got to get a little bit, of, a little bit creative to learn how to make your bright line eating, um, more flexible as opposed to brittle. So anyway, that's the weekly vlog. I hope you found it helpful. I'm always loving being here with you and I'll see you next week.